0: Hey, all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architected. <music> hey, bright lights. So great to be with you today. It is my son's first day of high school, which is exciting and bittersweet all at the same time, but back to school and fall for me always has been a time of new beginnings, way more than New Year's and the resolution gambit. It's really all about that changing of the seasons, the hopefully cooler, crisper air that usually comes along with fall, that always makes me excited to start something new and sort of reevaluate where I'm going. And I thought that this would be a great time to explore. Some of the power secrets for something that I know so many of you want to unlock, which is how do I get ahead in my career and how do I get paid more at the same time, all while not working myself into a pile of sawdust, right? Because the work we do doesn't really have any value if you have no quality of life. But you can't have that quality of life sometimes if you don't feel truly fulfilled in your job and you also are not getting paid what you're worth. So today I made a tool for you that I am really excited about. You can find it right on the main page of the website. It is called Flip the Script and it's totally free. It is a workbook. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff in it today but i would really encourage you to go and download it again it's free and it's really just a resource that i made for you to help assess where you are and i give away what i call my power secrets to getting ahead at your architecture career because i think some of this stuff should be so obvious but we're not told that these things should matter or that this is how we should operate. Instead, we tend to feel a lot of self-doubt, self-criticism, competition with one another, And we kind of take ourselves out of the game more times than not. And the sad part about that is how unnecessary that it is. Let's really dive into the E's power secrets because it's so important that we start thinking differently about building our career as a profession that frankly, we dedicate ourselves to make our client's vision a reality. But we never apply that same kind of thinking to how we run our career. What would you do if you were sitting down with a client? You would ask key questions. You would unlock their pain points. You would try to find a solution that was creative, not just the most obvious straight line connection from A to B, because you would see that their problem had multiple dimensions. You would really design and bring a solution to life. Yet in our own careers, what do we do? We show up, we say, what are the boxes that I need to check? And then we wait for someone to kind of say, so what? and recognize what we've done the major shift i want you to make first and foremost is that getting ahead in your career is not about being a sellout it is about your ability to make a greater difference in the world if you are the lowly drafting person for your entire career you're not going to have a lot of impact so Getting out there, being visible, having a more influential role, that's all part of your ability to have influence. And why do you want influence? You want influence to have impact. This strategy should be what governs how you show up at the office not how hard you work. So we're not talking about trading dollars for hours. We're not talking about working insane schedules. We're talking here about being very, very strategic about what you're choosing to do. We're also going to be diving into this idea of the limiting belief. And limiting beliefs are simply our default setting. You can't Usually identify them because you just accept them as true as the way it is. You really can't even begin to identify them until you challenge their truth. I want you to think about where you would love to be right now, not in five years, not in 10 years, but what would you love your work life, your career to look like right now? what would feel really good to you? Would it be that you were able to help nonprofits have greater reach and provide better services to their clients? Would it be that you helped students get better grades and learn better? Would it be that you helped patients heal faster or clinicians have less stress and burnout what what is it that you really want to be able to do and how would it feel if you were doing it and what role would you need to have in order to have that level of influence now once you kind of come up with a list of four or five things and a corresponding way that each of those things would make you feel. It might make you feel powerful. It might make you feel happy. It might make you feel joyful. It might make you feel peaceful because you know you're making a difference. Then I want you to also add in a third column why you're not already doing those things. And it can range from, I don't have enough experience, to I've never had the opportunity, to my boss won't let me, to I don't know how to get started, to no one would wanna work with me. I mean, whatever it is, right? Just don't judge it, don't overthink it, just let it come out on the paper. What has come out there? is the first layer of your limiting beliefs. The thing is, you believe whatever you wrote on that paper is true. Because if you didn't believe that, you would have already taken action towards feeling the way you want to feel and accomplishing the things you want to accomplish. That's the layer one. If we think about this kind of like an onion, right? It is on the surface, the most obvious reason. So then once you've got your reasons, I want you to go a little bit deeper and say, but why do I think that? And you may come up with, because I don't believe that it's possible to have an impactful career until you've worked a certain number of years. And then I want you to go one level deeper. Why do I think that? Where's the evidence? Because I can point you to all kinds of really young architects who are making a huge impact in their work. And their inexperience doesn't seem to be holding them back. So there's got to be more, right? And what you'll probably notice is the deeper you go, the further away you start to get from work and career, and the more and more you start to get to childhood experiences, or things you heard your parents say, or things the people around you believe that you just soaked up like a sponge. And those, those are the limiting beliefs. And the thing is, until you challenge them, you just accept them as true, and they affect how you operate in the world, and they hold you back. Once you take the time to identify them, now you know what to challenge. You're no longer just accepting the premise of these beliefs, and you're starting to say, well, why can't I? Or why not me? Or why should I? And that is the first breakthrough. As we get into the power secrets, And again, the workbook goes through this in much more detail and has space for you to write your notes. Number one, competition is a zero-sum game. A zero-sum game. There is no value there because no one else is you. No one else has your unique viewpoint and combination of talents and abilities. If you were just like someone else, you wouldn't need to be here because they're already them. You are you, and you need to be you. And being you means saying, what do I care about? How do I want to show up in the world? What impact do I want to have? what am I here to do as my life's work? That isn't about other people. It's about you. And it's about how well you can network and connect and collaborate. And if you do that, you will start to find that you have impact. When we compete with other people, we believe that our choices are limited. We don't network efficiently because we're looking for what's in it for us instead of where we can help others and how we can mutually advance common goals. And worse than that is you tend to feel unworthy because there's always going to be someone who's at least one step ahead of you. There's always going to be someone who was younger or richer or smarter or more talented. And you're always going to feel like you're less than. And that's going to demotivate you because you're seeing that person. But remember, when you're seeing that person, you're seeing their highlight reel. And you're comparing it to your reality. If you were to dig deeper, if you were to understand it better you would understand that that person has their own set of challenges and that maybe you could learn from how they got to where they are instead of just taking yourself out. Maybe the reason you feel competitive with them is because they're mirroring back to you what you wish you could be. So take a little time to understand that so that you can advance yourself. Power secret number two, failure is learning. This is a big one, and most of us don't like to admit it when we don't know. However, like we explored in last episode about the beginner's mind, the most powerful thing you can ever say is, I don't know. When you say you don't know, it means that you are open to possibilities, to discovery. And of course, as you go down that road, part of what you're going to discover is what doesn't work. What doesn't work can oftentimes teach you more give you more experience and more wisdom than the things that do so rather than trying to cover up mistakes or worse yet never try something because you might fail embrace failure fail early fail often fail forward and you will quantum leap in your career You will establish expertise and a point of view so much more quickly. Power secret number three you are not a sellout if you want to make money. Money is not the root of all evil, it is not corrupt. It is paper. Paper that represents currency, which represents the energy of an exchange. And it is that simple. It is not good. It is not bad. It is what people choose to do with their money that is good or bad. If you had a lot of money and that meant you could help someone's Kickstarter campaign get off the ground, or you could donate to a charity that you really cared about and make a substantial donation, not just write a $50 check if you could endow a scholarship. And think of how many ways you could make a positive difference in the world if you had more money. Think of all the lovely, thoughtful gifts you could give to friends or family or coworkers to show appreciation or just because or to make someone's day. Think of all the freedom you would have if you had more money. other little dirty secret about money is that money does equate to respect. When your employer is paying you more, they believe you're worth more. Now you have to consistently be bringing value. You can't just make a lot of claims and negotiate really well and then not deliver. But my point is... Many really talented people are ashamed to ask for more. And they take what they get, whatever scraps they are, and they keep putting their nose to the grindstone every day. And that is not being rewarded because they're willing to be taken for granted. They're willing to be seen as the worker bee, not the leader. When you stake a claim for what you're worth, you're also saying to your employer, I am confident. I will bring value. I will do more than what you tell me to do. I will lead initiatives. I will make a difference. And they will view you in a different way. Power secret number four. And this is a big one. Validation is not achievement. So again, I, a couple podcasts ago, talked about validation a little bit more and the ego and how we get so hooked into meeting expectations instead of following our hearts. This is one that I in particular, really relate to. One of my limiting beliefs was about needing to be worthy and needing to serve to prove my worth. Well, how do you prove your worth? Well, you figure out whatever criteria someone might be using, and then you turn that criteria into your mental checklist And one at a time, you achieve, you achieve, you achieve. Except you never stop to say, why do I want this? Why does this matter to me? How does this make me a better person or advance the work I was put on this planet to do? Instead, you're just looking continuously for someone to say to you, Good dog, here's your treat. Good dog, here's your treat. As crass as it sounds to make that connection to a dog, that is what we're really doing subconsciously. We are looking for approval. We are looking for praise. We are looking for acceptance and acknowledgement and rewards. But we're not necessarily clear on how those things make a difference in our career for the work we were really meant to do. So not saying that getting a promotion or winning an award or having someone tell you you did a good job is in any way a bad thing. It's just you should not be ever setting your intention on that as the end goal. The work you do should be heart-led and mission-driven. And if people notice that, and they will, that's great. And take those rewards because they help you to amplify your message. They give you more impact. Never let the praise be its own reward because that would be empty. And that could lead to you working really hard for many years for something you don't really even want in the end. I hope this gives you some insights into how to flip the script for yourself so that you can reframe what you're going for in your career and therefore be a lot more successful And having those conversations with your project manager or your boss about where your career is going and why it needs to go there. And it isn't just because or because that someone next to you got a promotion and you want one too or because you only care about money or because you are looking for praise and acknowledgement. It's because you have brought value and it's because you are making a difference in your work. Please go and download this workbook. It is really helpful and it also contains a section called Salary Hacks, which are my five top tips for how to get a raise. If you do these five things, you are guaranteed to start seeing financial benefits. I can't wait to have you download that and share what you think. Come on over to Instagram or Facebook, post a comment, share how this is working for you, share any challenges you might have, because I would love to help you grow as an architect, and start having more impact because you could walk away from all the ways you were limiting yourself. Take care. I love you. Bye. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired.